Our scripture passage today is the 42nd Psalm. Let us pray. Holy Lord, send your spirit upon us that we might hear with wisdom and receive with joy what you are saying to your church this day. Through Jesus Christ we pray, amen. As a deer longs, longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me continually, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I went with the throng and led them in procession to the house of God with glad glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. Why? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you so disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon and from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep. At the thunder of your torrents, all your waves and your billows have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night, his song is with me, a prayer, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I walk about mournfully because the enemy oppresses me? As with a deadly wound in my body, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me continually, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my help and my God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A couple of days ago, we held an internment service right here in our memorial garden for a man who was a retired Presbyterian minister. His name is Jack. He was not somebody who was known to me before this moment. And so to help me prepare for this this time together with the family, they graciously allowed me to read three of his sermons, three out of hundreds I'm sure he preached in his lifetime. And I learned a lot about Jack in just three sermons. I learned that he genuinely believed what he preached And he thought that the core of a faithful life was a faith-inspired and loving action. Jack's character came through strongly in his sermons. Someone who would as embodied what he preached. If Christ is to shine forth as the light of the world, his disciples must put forth their faith into action. No task is beneath us. Every person we serve is Christ himself. We would hope that as people inspired by God's love, our 
character as loving children of God would shine forth in all that we do. Now, just a brief aside for the moment. The word character is a Greek word. We'll learn a little bit about that. You're going to learn two Hebrew words today, so just get ready, all right? But character, you already know that word, all right? But you may not know what it meant originally. The word character meant stamp, like just something carved, an image or a, a word cut, carved into a block of wood and pressed into wet clay, which then would harden later. That was called the character, a stamp. It would leave an imprint in the clay. One used, one used this character over and over again to duplicate the image, and what was left after using the stamp was supposed to be an exact image of the original stamp. Over time, though, the, character, the word character has come to mean an indelible impression of one's essential being that aligns with one's principles, thoughts, and actions. We, when we read Psalm 42, the character of the psalmist comes through strongly. We'll hear more about that in a moment. But one thing I would like to focus our attention on in Psalm 42 is that right away, the psalmist speaks about his soul, his soul longing after God. We use this word a lot, especially in our Christian gatherings. And one of my favorite psalm verses is from Psalm 23, where we hear, beside still waters, the Lord restores my soul. Now, you know, if you've been here before, I can't get through a sermon without teaching you one Hebrew word, at least. That word soul that he uses there in the Hebrew is nephesh. Say, say it after me, nephesh. There you got it. Okay, good. Simple word, but it, has, it is packed with meaning. It is originally connected to a word that meant breath. And so what it means, what we have to imagine, is that lump of clay that God originally took and breathed life into. <sighs> Created from a lump of clay, a nephesh, a living, breathing being, a soul, a person, a spirit, a body, everything that we are, a whole being. This is what God creates, and this is what God restores when we hear beside still waters, the Lord restores my soul, my nephesh, body, heart, mind, spirit, everything. That lump of clay with a thumbprint of God indelibly marked on it has something of the character of God stamped on it so that one cannot escape recognizing the image of God in you and me. At least we hope so. Throughout our lives, however, that essential imprint of the divine image in us has become distorted. Whatever life's circumstances or our individual choices are, that stamp's image can become obscured. It is the life of Christ that lives in us, that is rehewn and honed in us through our service of love to one another that is restored as that divine image and breath in us. The Apostle Paul says, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. It is Christ 
we would seek to see when we looked in the mirror or when we looked to our neighbor. God restores us totally, body, mind, spirit, and breath. In Christ we are remembered, put back together, forgiven, redeemed, reconciled, and most of all, loved. Well, we're not preaching from Psalm 23 today. We're preaching from Psalm 42. And to help us shift gears from one psalm to the next, there is a pivotal connection between the two psalms, and you would, be, you would guess correctly if you said, I know it, it's that word nephesh, isn't it? And I would say, well done, good and faithful, smart and attentive Hebrew students. For the scripture says in Psalm 42, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so my nephesh pants after you, O God. My nephesh thirsts for the living God. You know that in reading a psalm, it's, it's a lot like hearing and experiencing a sermon. There's a lot of human drama in the psalms. Life is presented as fresh and raw, real and ideal, practical and poetic. The psalm is oh so human. And yet even when it is most mired in the mud, a psalm gestures beyond itself to a God who is living and loving. Psalm 42 embodies that human divine drama. The psalm seems to be a little bit manic. God, you are so great. But where are you? Life is awesome. But it's really dreadfully awful down here. I love going to worship you with everyone else until I get caught up in all of their doubts and their grumbling. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. Oh, yes, Lord. Sometimes I'm almost to the ground. Oh, yes, Lord. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrow but you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah. Now, perhaps I've taken too long to this point to to, for you to remember exactly what the psalmist said, that mixture of lament and praise. So I'll quote a little bit here. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to my, the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I walk about mournfully because the enemy oppresses me, as with a deadly wound in my body my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me continually, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my nephesh? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in your God, for I shall again praise him, my help in my God. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. Well, we should never judge a psalmist by one psalm or a preacher by one sermon. We could never even judge a psalmist's character, perhaps by three psalms or 150 psalms, because our job isn't to judge the psalmist's character at all. What we are doing when we read and experience and live and breathe the psalms is to be encountered by the character of the one who undergirds every psalm itself. Someone who has left an impression in each and every psalm. It is this impression that we are most concerned about. I have a good friend. Can you believe it or not? A preacher. I have a, I have a good friend, a preacher, who captures life really well in his preaching. 
He's somebody known to both to Wes Averim and to Eric Kuberian and to me. At different stages of his preaching life, we have known him. His name is Dave Davis. He currently preaches in Princeton Seminary, but over 25 years ago, he was in a small little church in South Jersey. He had an intimate relationship with his congregation. He knew them well. And in one of his sermons, an Easter sermon, preached 25 years ago, Dave leads us down the path of discovering the identity of the person who bears the imprint of the gospel. He leads us down the path of discovering we, us who bear the imprint of the gospel. He begins, though, with a story. One afternoon, I was visiting with my neighbor across the street. He told me that he'd been watching my son Benjamin and me play ball in the driveway the other day. We were walking side by side up the driveway. And he, he was watching from behind from the other side of the street. And he says, I'll tell you, there is no doubt that Ben is your son. And he wasn't talking about Ben's hair color or his looks. He was talking about the way we walk. He was just watching the way we walk. Dave, the preacher, captures with just a few words the story of intimate bonds between father and son. There is a creative association made that a father and a son belong to one another because of the similarity in the way that they walk. And Dave goes on to draw out some of the implications of this seemingly simple story. When the Holy Spirit is unleashed in people like you, who travel back from the tombs of this life and the surroundings of death that claw at us every day, when women and men like you walk from the empty tomb and give the world a witness, when the children of God like you are so empowered by the experience of Easter power that you have to tell someone, when the world watches you walk, the world knows whose you are. Two stories set side by side. The hearers recognize themselves. The struggles of their own lives are affirmed as those who've stood by too many tombs. And they see themselves in the depiction of those who go forth to proclaim the good news, the divine imprint, thumbprint upon them, the character of the Spirit inspiring them. And as they walk in the light of the Spirit, they have their identity on display, lumps of clay. Lumps of clay given breath, holy thumbprints all over them. We learn something. We learn something about Dave Davis in reading his sermons, as we did reading, as I did reading Jack's sermons, as perhaps we learn something about the psalmist, too. But we hope that we learned far more about God than any preacher or psalmist. The psalmist in, 40, in Psalm 42 is a keen observer of life. He looks out at the world and he sees one thing that can help him understand himself, a deer, a thirsty deer, a deer that has wandered far and wide searching for the one thing that can sustain and renew its life, water, fresh, not stagnant, water. And the psalmist says, hey, you know what? That deer is like me. She thirsts for water 
like my soul, my nephish thirsts for God. Just like her whole being panting after a cool and refreshing drink, so too my whole being is breathless without God. I'm panting for God. I'm longing so much for God. I wish I could see God to be in God's presence. Yet there is something that blocks the psalmist from seeing God. And he names every one of them. His soul is cast down. God seems to be absent. There is no evidence of God in the world. And just as a deer searching in the hot and parched land for water, so too does the soul seek after God. Oh, Nefesh, where is your God? What I can imagine is the deer parched beyond sense, at long last reaching that long sought after stream of water, bending down drinking its fill, and only then seeing its own reflection. It sees itself face to face, but as the water ripples, the deer's face is unclear, distorted, even frightening, perhaps. Something like that can happen for us. When first we approach God, we maybe catch a glimpse of ourselves along the way. Is our image distorted? We think we can see ourselves or maybe catch a glimpse of that divine image in us, but the stamp has become worn and indistinct. The psalmist knows this. He says, oh, when will I see God face to face, the God who made my soul? There is a clue in this melancholy, bipolar, sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. Lord, where are you? Psalm. There is something of the divine character that undergirds this psalm. God is more present in this psalm than even the psalmist knows. The psalmist says as a final and desperate claim, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, O my soul, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. Maybe we don't hear it. Maybe if we said, I shall praise him my deliverance and my God. Or I shall praise him my salvation and my God. Or perhaps if we said, I shall praise my God, my Yeshua. Well, that's the second Hebrew word, Yeshua. It means hope, it means deliverance, salvation, help. The psalmist doesn't see the face of God by looking in a stream's reflection or in a glass darkly. The psalmist pants after the presence of God, but knows the presence of God only in praise, in a hopeful trust that God's salvation, God's Yeshua is present. In the Gospel of John, we hear Jesus, who's also known as Yeshua. We hear Jesus say, no one has seen the Father, except the one whom the Father has sent. Why do you say, show us the Father? Have you been with me all this time, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So it comes down to this for us, to behold the faith of God is an act of faith, an act of trust, an act of hope, we join the psalmist in the midst of our sometimes up, sometimes down life. And we speak a word of faith, 
like a song in the night, a prayer of thanksgiving for God's steadfast loving kindness and say, my hope, my God, my help, my salvation, my deliverance, my Yeshua. And we join with those who would seek to heal in the world, to bind up the brokenhearted. We join the man across the street who notices and says, I know that you are father and son because you walk alike. We join those who go forth from the tombs to speak good news. We go forth with God's stamp upon us so that others will see the reflection of the divine character in us. And when the world comes to you and says, we would see Jesus, love them, and they will see Jesus. Yeshua, God's help, God's hope, God's salvation, God's very face, restored in you, restored in me, shining through us. Sing the song the psalmist sings. And like the panting deer that finds its help, in living streams, your nephesh and my nephesh will behold the presence of God in the land of the living. Go forth from the tombs of this world to say, I have seen the Lord. He is risen, he is risen indeed. Glory be to our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <laughs>